0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. It's another edition of the Transfer Update Show. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I am your host, Harry Simu. It's another edition of the Transfer Update Show. We're going to be discussing the latest stories with regards to Arsenal Football Club and potential incomings. But today we're going to be looking at quite a few potential outgoings. That seems uh, to be the story of today in terms of the transfer window. Lots and lots to dig our teeth into Um If you just joined us, uh, I would ask you to hit the like button before we begin the stream, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Um, It is all very much appreciated. Fill up the chat box with your comments. I'll come to as many of your comments and questions as I possibly can between now and the end of the stream. And uh, as I said, we've got lots and lots to discuss as well. Always, um, we're going to start off by talking about, I guess, the biggest story with regards to Arsenal and transfers today, and that is the reports linking Lucas Torreira with a move away from the Emirates Stadium. Now, it's understood uh, that Arsenal were willing to, you know, take um, sort of offers for uh, for uh, Lucas Torreira throughout the course of this transfer window. He is one of the players, I guess, that the club saw as as someone they could potentially use to raise transfer funds in order to do some other business and according to calcio mercato in italy torino are the ones uh, who are closest to signing lucas torreira now all of the interest that we've heard about in lucas torreira has been from italy of course lucas torreira played his football in Italy prior to joining Arsenal. He played for Sampdoria, really, really impressed there, was regarded as real hot property. Arsenal forked out. Arsenal brought him to the Emirates Stadium. But unfortunately, it hasn't really worked out for Lucas Torreira at the Emirates Stadium. And I'm going to come on to the reasons why I think that is uh, in just a few moments. But first of all, let's just provide you with all the information that we've got. Um, Of course, Marco Giampaolo, is the coach at Torino these days who was uh, Torreira's sort of mentor at Sampdoria. Um, he worked under Paolo there and he really, really developed under him. And so it seems to be that wherever Paolo goes, Torreira is linked. He was linked with with him when he was at Milan. There were lots of talks about Torreira joining Milan. That didn't really materialise. But of course, Giampaolo's time at Milan was very short. Um, it didn't go very well and he was moved out the door. Uh, pretty soon, um, of course, there's been other reported interest. We've heard of Napoli being interested. We've heard of uh, Fiorentina being in the running for him as well. So there's been a number of clubs, all from Italy, as I said, that have shown some interest in Lucas Torreira. But it feels as though uh, a move to Torino is now edging closer. That's what the reports are telling us. That's what we understand. And that would see Lucas Torreira swap North London for Turin in a deal reportedly worth. 24 million euros now when we were hearing about the interest from Fiorentina we kept hearing about a loan uh, with a potential fee of of 9 million euros with a sort of uh, obligation to buy clause at the end of that and you know understandably a lot of Arsenal fans were like well does that really help us in our current predicament it's clear that we need to to improve the squad it's clear that we want to uh, you know bring in sort of top quality players and we desperately need to raise funds in order to do that was a loan fee for Torreira the right thing to do from an Arsenal perspective was that going to help us you know the answer probably has to be no um you know being sensible it, it wasn't what we needed we, we we really do if we're going to move Lucas Torreira on need it to be for a decent amount of money and and 24 million euros, probably around about 22 million pounds um, feels like a fair sum for Lucas Torreira. Now I know Arsenal paid more than that for him, but you've actually got to think about the tenure at Arsenal, or, or I guess the time, the spell that Lucas Torreira has had at Arsenal because it hasn't been overly successful and that would have contributed to his sort of value dipping. Add to that, he's had a few injuries as well. You know, you were never going to get what we paid for him. So I feel like this is a reasonable figure. I feel like this is a fair figure, and I feel like if this interest is going to materialise into something more like a concrete bid, uh, which we expect it to from Torino, then I think Arsenal will do business uh, with regards to the Uruguayan. So let's have a quick look at the sort of the Uruguayan's time at Arsenal um, since he's arrived, of course, and and we know he was signed during the Unai Emery days Uh, you know he was brought into the club uh, from Sampdoria as I've already mentioned according to Transfer Market the fee was £25.79 million but we understand that it was a little bit higher than that um, and that not all the add-ons have have been met or have been paid and that's why at this moment in time it's, it's around that figure that is being quoted but let's say for argument's sake let's go with that figure let's go with Transfer Market's figure of uh, 25.8 million pounds we haven't really lost out a great deal Um, when you look at sort of Lucas Torreira's statistics and and sort of the record that he has playing for Arsenal Football Club he's made to date 89 appearances for the club he scored four goals provided six assists although you could argue that's that's not really what Lucas Torreira does it's not really what he brings to the table but he, you know, he struggled for a number of reasons. First of all, he came in during an, uh, the t- the tenure of Unai Emery, and the first season under Unai Emery was okay. You know, it ended in some disappointment, obviously, but in terms of where we finished in the league, what well, we were a point outside of the top four, so it wasn't a disaster class of a season. Um, but there was no progress um, in terms of sort of our style of play. I, I never thought he managed to implement any particular. Uh, you know, philosophy. And I think that didn't help the players add to that, that he didn't really want Lucas Torreira in the first place. And he's made no secret of that. And And it's very common knowledge that actually at that time, Unai Emery had his eyes on uh, bringing Steven and Zonzi to the club, who, when you look at the sort of the characteristics, the stature, the, you know, the, yeah, I guess the characteristics of Zonzi and compare them to Lucas Torreira you know, they're chalk and cheese. Lucas Torreira is a, a small frame, um, quite mobile, quite aggressive. Steven Nzonzi, for me, you know, he's a massive frame. He's a, not as mobile, in my opinion. He is very, um, you know, he reads the game well and stuff, but I don't feel he's as as aggressive in the press, for example, as Lucas Torreira. So they were two very, very different players. And in that sense, you've got to have some sympathy for, for Unai Emery because... As I said, he didn't get the player that he wanted. You've also got to have some sympathy for Lucas Torreira, though, as well, because he's come in somewhere where, you know, as a footballer, you want to feel wanted, you want to feel loved, you want to feel needed, you want to feel part of the project. And when you go somewhere knowing that the manager didn't really see you as a target, didn't really see you as his number one choice, it's got to be difficult, isn't it? And Lucas Torreira was constantly trying to prove himself himself He was asked to play in a number of different roles within that central midfield sort of area. Sometimes he was asked to sit deep and, and, you know, just uh, sort of marshal in front of the back line. Other times he was asked to play box-to-box. Other times he was asked to press on as Arsenal's furthest forward midfielder, which just completely did not suit him. So there are lots and lots of factors as to why, in my opinion, Lucas Torreira's Arsenal career hasn't gone uh, as we'd have liked. But look... Lucas Torreira is a Uruguayan international. He's 24 years old. He's still got plenty of time ahead of him. It's clear that despite sort of a an uninspiring spell in the Premier League, that Lucas Torreira is very, very highly rated in Italy. We've heard that Lucas Torreira misses Italy, that he he, he was very homesick. The cultural change came as a big shock to him. The weather, for example, was was another thing. So it just feels like... As much as I'm a little bit sad to go, because I I do feel like Lucas Torreira never really fulfilled the potential that he has at Arsenal. I also feel like this is something that would benefit everybody involved. It makes sense. Torreira will be happier. Arsenal will be able to use the funds to go and bring in someone more uh, fit for purpose. It just feels like the right thing to do. So let's move Lucas Torreira on. Um, as I said, for those of you joining us a little bit late, uh, according to Calcio Mercato, Torino have taken a big step towards signing Lucas Serrera by agreeing a 24 million euro fee with Arsenal. And of course, as I said already, that move would see him uh, link up with Gianpaolo. So, um, yeah, I, I, hopefully the deal gets done. Hopefully that allows Arsenal to go on and, and strengthen. Now, does that mean? And here's the question that Arsenal can now afford to bring in Thomas Partey. Does that mean Arsenal can now afford to bring in Hussein Mouar? Does that mean that Arsenal can afford to bring in both? We know that Emi Martinez is having a medical at Aston or has had a medical at Aston Villa. That that deal is close to being done. Around about sixteen million pounds is what I've been told. I've read twenty million pounds as well. I think it's probably closer to sixteen. Sixteen plus twenty two. It's 38 million euros that goes a long way in triggering Thomas Partey's release clause so as an Arsenal fan you've got to be optimistic that doing a deal like this is going to actually give us what we need to go out and get one of those aforementioned players one of those top top midfielders that as Arsenal fans we probably all feel that we are missing and that we need so you know as long as Arsenal reinvest that money as long as it's used to strengthen the team then I'm I'm happy for this deal to be done. I'm happy for the sale to go through. But now we sit tight. Um, You know, we've still got a couple of weeks yet before the transfer window closes, maybe three weeks. Uh, And so let's hope that that's enough time for Arsenal to get this one done, to get a couple of others done as well in terms of outgoings and go on and uh, bring in the players that we need. Right, going to come over to some of your comments. Just going to check in um, on how we're doing on youtube at the moment can see there are over 200 of you watching us across the multiple platforms uh, smash the like button if you haven't already in three two one hit it uh, we've only got 29 likes at the moment but we want to get that up to 100 as soon as possible there are enough of you watching um so uh, come on uh, give us a hand help us get over the line with that right let's go over to some of your comments before we move on to talk about some uh, other stories that are doing the rounds. Um, William Bell says, perfect time in my class just ended. Welcome, mate. Welcome. Uh, Daniel says, afternoon. Shame about Terreira I feel Arteta could have got the best out of him. Yeah, look, I think if Arteta felt that there was no interest um, or there was no possibility of, of raising some money from Lucas Terreira, he perhaps would have looked at the situation a little bit differently and said, well, Fine, Uh, let's knuckle down, let's get on with it, let's get him up to speed, let's get him involved with what it is that we're trying to do. But I think Lucas Torreira has always been viewed as someone that Arsenal can move out um, in order to raise funds. And that is because of the interest in Italy. And I keep talking about it, but it's very rare that a player leaves somewhere, doesn't really go on to greater heights, yet remains so well-loved and respected and rated back in that country and the Italian press believe me they're not forgiving um you know in terms of the way they report on football they're just as harsh as the media here um you could argue that both medias are a little bit too harsh at times but the point I'm trying to make is that Lucas Torreira has maintained this incredible reputation despite not ever really pushing on at Arsenal that says a lot about him that says a lot about what he did in Italy and so with that interest being there, I feel like he would have been identified very early on by Mikel Arteta and his team as someone that Arsenal can use to raise transfer funds in order to bring in uh, sort of priority players. Uh, Matt says that uh, Torreira is not positionally very sound. He looks a bit confused as to where to be. Yeah, I think at times he has looked a little bit confused, but I also think that that was down to the management as well. And you know, I looked at that entire Arsenal team, for example, prior to, to Mikel Arteta coming in and thought they all look clueless in terms of their positioning, in terms of where they needed to be. So I feel like that's probably a little bit harsh to say just about Lucas Herrera. I think it's something that could be said of a lot of players during that particular period in the club's history. Omar says, I honestly thought Torreira was the answer during the 22-game unbeaten run, but it's just not worked out since. It's best for the club and himself if he does move on. Yeah, agree. Really agree. Um, Jay says, Harry, I think there is a potential chance we could get both Partey and Awar. I'm hearing rumours that the Awar deal is done, just a case of the money side. Yeah, look, there are reports that Hussein Awar has made it clear he wants to leave. Arsenal is very much a club that he would like to join. He's excited by the project at the Emirates Stadium. That personal terms have been agreed. However, the fee or the transfer fee has not been agreed with Leon. That is clear. We know that Arsenal tried to use Matteo Genduzzi as a makeshift in that deal. It didn't happen. Leon were not interested. They said that he didn't fit the type of profile they'd be looking for uh, in a player. And so that was kind of dead in the water. Leon have made it very clear that they want 60 million euros for Jose Moir. And Atletico Madrid, well, they have no choice but to, to accept a 50 million euro bid for, for Thomas Partey because he has that in his release clause. So potentially for 110 million euro, 105 million pound maybe, you could see Arsenal's midfield completely transformed. And I know a lot of fans want to see that. I just feel like bringing both in this summer. Given everything that's gone on in recent times, I feel like from the club's perspective, it will be seen as a stretch too far. I still feel like at this moment in time, it would very much be one or the other. Obviously, I'd love to have both. There's no doubt about that. But I still feel like it is just literally, at this moment in time, it's which one we can get a deal done for. I, I genuinely believe that. I think they're both seen as, as as players who would improve the side. Both seen as players that make a lot and would love to bring in, but I'm still skeptical about the fact that we, you know, or of the possibility of us bringing in both. Uh, Yash says: Torreira 22 million, Martinez 16 million, close to Partey's release clause agreed. Uh, big hello to AJ Morgan. Uh, big hello to uh, Ilka, who's watching us from Helsinki in Finland. How you doing? Welcome to the stream. He says: Torreira shines at 4123, being that defensive midfielder in front of the centre backs just like in Uruguay. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And I think that um, you're right to say that or, or to suggest that the, the way we've been playing just didn't really suit Lucas Torreira. And it is, you know, that is a thing in football. How many times have you seen players at one club suffer, go to another club and look like a completely different proposition? How many times have you seen players flourish under one manager and struggle under another? That is a really important thing in football. Players have to fit. And Lucas Torreira under Unai Emery didn't fit because he didn't want him in the first place. It's as simple as that. we tried at times to shoehorn him into different positions. But yeah, I think you're right to make that point um, in regards to it just not being the right fit. Uh, Archie's man says, uh, Wish Torreira had a better time. Also, I just can't decide between Awar and Partey. Flip-flopping all day, every day. Need you to convince me one would be more effective than the other, Harry. I've made it clear throughout this transfer window that if I could only sign one, it would be Thomas Partey. But I do caveat with the fact that it's probably partly because I've seen a lot more of him than I have of Hussein Mawar. Maybe if we do hear that sort of the transfer is edging closer, we'll get uh, a French football expert on to come and sort of give some insight into Hussein Mawar, provide you the level of detail about him that I can't, I've got to be honest. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely look into doing that. Hopefully, we get some news that maybe that deal is progressing and then we'll look to do something like that. Uh, Ross says, shame about Terreira Came in with a decent amount of hype. And whilst he's been decent, he hasn't been great or that consistent. I agree with that. Uh, agree. Uh, Jam Krista says, Elneny could be the replacement for Terreira. I feel like Elneny's in with a shout of staying at Arsenal. Um, I feel like Elneny has started to persuade Mikel Arteta that he would be a useful squad option during the course of the season. I'm not sure he's very like uh, very alike, Lucas Torreira, in terms of the way they play. Elneny is a calm customer. He's very assured. He's very, you know, just cool, calculated. Doesn't do anything spectacular, but does exactly what it says on the tin, which is patrols the midfield, plays simple passes. Breaks up play. Think he could be a useful squad player, um, and maybe that has influenced um, the the Terreira thing as well. I don't know. Uh, William has a slightly different opinion. He says, "Guys, calm down on on The guy is so limited." Yeah, look, I don't, I don't think anybody believes that Mohamed Elneny is this world class player. All of a sudden, who is going to take the Premier League by storm? But you can't help but admire the way he's. Just got on with his job in the last couple of games in the Community Shield final and, of course, in uh, in that opening Premier League game at Fulham. He just got on with it. He did what he was asked. He performed to a very good level, in my opinion. So, you know, yeah, calm down. I advise caution on Mohamed Elneny, but it, that doesn't mean you shouldn't credit him when he performs well. And I, I really think he has. Uh, <laughs> Carter says, big up Don Simi. You like the way you're sporting that hat? Mate, I'm having a terrible hair day. So I figured it would make sense to just chuck a cap on. There you go. Um, on the Torreira uh, deal, Philip says, good deal. Now let's go get Partey and awa. Yeah, As I said, it would be lovely to get both of those in. It would be brilliant. But will we get both? I'm not sure. Uh, Brian says, good news, getting money in to get while. Once we get while, we might get cash from Kroenke to back our teta to get Partey. I hope so. I really, really hope so. Uh, Rydog says, Torreira has been unsettled the whole time. England isn't for everyone. He's a good player. He's just unhappy. Agree. Alex says, we would have near enough recouped the money we bought him for. Not much less lost in terms of funds. So we move on. Yep. agree. Agree. Just wrap up with a couple more comments on Lucas Torreira before we move on. Ben Turner says, Badly managed by Emery. Unfortunate with injury versus Pompey, but forever grateful for the goal versus the scum. Agreed, me too. Uh, Big shout out to every single one of you in the chat who is uh, liking the content. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your kind words. Uh, Be sure to smash the like button if you haven't already. And just before I move on uh, to our next uh, sort of discussion. Just going to check in how we're doing uh on the likes let's have a quick look uh, there are over 350 of you watching us at the moment so a big thank you to every single one of you who's tuned in but we've only got 81 likes guys let's uh, let's hit the like button uh, let's see this video climb up the rankings um as high as possible it's bad enough that i don't uh, i can't compete with the uh, with the big boys anyway the the hundred thousand subscribers and all those guys credit to them because this is hard fucking work so for them to have gotten to that point they must have gone in hard so um i really really appreciate it but let's give the little guys a chance hit the like button let's get the video up in the rankings right um just going to give you guys a quick message as you guys may have seen um on uh, the fulham review show uh we have a new sponsor at the Chronicles of Aguno. And we're delighted to say that we've partnered up with Manscaped. So if you want to get your uh, your uh, gentleman regions looking as uh, neat as the Emirates Stadium pitch, then look no further than the Lawn Mower 3.0 waterproof electric trimmer. Uh, they sell lots of excellent products as well. Their branding is incredible. If you haven't checked out some of their adverts, make sure you do. Uh, but like I said, if you want to get your... Uh, your uh, lawn looking as uh, neat and tidy as the Emirates Stadium pitch and really impress the misses, uh, then uh, head over to manscaped.com. If you enter our discount code which is Chronicles AFC. You'll see it rolling across the bottom of your screen now, and in the description, you'll get twenty percent off of your order. That is an offer that is exclusive to Chronicles of Aguna listeners. So, uh, if you haven't already checked that out, please do so. And we thank them for their wonderful support as we look to uh, improve the podcast further. So, do check out Manscape.com if you get a spare minute. Uh, I promise you, uh, you will. Uh, You'll like the products without saying any more. There you go. Right. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, what else have we got to talk about? Ser Kalasinac, That is another uh, story that has been doing the rounds today. Now, when I woke up this morning, I'm not sure if the reports emerged last night, but I decided last night to just turn my phone off. You know, when you do this for a living, and I don't mean YouTube, I mean working in sort of the world of football journalism you do get to certain stages where, you know, you're, I guess you want to turn off from football just temporarily. You just want to sometimes just spend time with your family. And and for those of you who don't know, I've got a one and a half year old. So I always feel like I don't spend enough time with him. So to be able to turn the phone off and just enjoy some time with him is great. Um And that's what I did last night. So when I woke up today, I saw the Kolasinac extra West Ham rumours. Um, And I kind of dismissed that straight away. And the reason I dismissed that is because we know that West Ham's owners are not willing to put money on the table. We hear West Ham fans moaning about it every single day of the week. And having lost to Newcastle on the opening day of the season, um, we were always going to get that again from West Ham. It was always going to be the theme of the week. And so to think that they would pay, say, a wages, which are crazy, by the way was just wishful thinking it's been reported this evening or late this afternoon by the guardian that Sarah Kalasinach has had a chat with Mikel Arteta knows that he's not um the 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 first choice the priority at the moment knows that Kieran Tierney's ahead of him but wants to stay and fight for his place at Arsenal well of course he does getting wages like that and look having someone like Sarah Kalasinach around the squad I don't necessarily think is a bad thing I think he's a he's a um He's a powerhouse. I feel like he's the kind of tough player that sometimes you need around a squad. He's all right when he plays. I think. I think he gets a lot of bat, a lot of stick. I don't think all of it is necessarily warranted. So I think he, you know, he is decent enough to keep around a squad. He's shown recently that he can slot into that left centre back role as well, although not ideal. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it appears as though he wants to stay at Arsenal and he wants to fight for his place. Uh, at the club. So uh, it looks like Ser Kalasinac is staying unless of course someone else comes in for him. But as I've said throughout the course of this transfer window um, Serk Kolasinac his wages are incredible uh, uh, incredibly high and that comes because Arsenal signed him on a free transfer. So naturally players go in for more wages when that happens. And so I, I do feel like you know it's going to be tough to move Serk Kalasinac on. We're kind of stuck with him really um, but West Ham is definitely not somewhere that said Kalasinac wants to go, um, judging by uh, his reaction to the reports. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Uh, lots of you enjoying the uh, Manscaped plug. Frank Gunner says trim those nuts. Yes, make sure you do. And if you're going to do it, uh, as I said, use our discount code Chronicles AFC. Um, the more of you use it, the better for the podcast. You'll be supporting the podcast as well, as, lo- as well as um you know, giving your missus a treat as well. Uh, <laughs> love this one. <laughs> Rydog. Uh, short grass makes the stump look bigger. It does indeed. <laughs> and Carter says, keeping it clean. Manscaped for the win. There you go. Some great banter. That's why I love this brand. That is why um I wanted, when we got approached about partnering up, that is why I jumped on the opportunity because um i love the brand i think it's fantastic and if you haven't seen their adverts as i've already said please do check those out products are great too uh, ross says i've heard the Manscaped ball deodorant is pretty good there you go mate there you go um right let's uh move on uh gonna come back to your comments get your questions in actually um Stick your questions in uh, the live chat now. Put a queue at the front of them. I'm going to go on to talk about one more story that is doing the rounds today. And then I'm going to come to your questions. So get as many questions as you possibly can in the live chat box now. uh, And we'll go for as long as uh, you guys are bringing us questions uh, within reason, obviously. Um, Or until my dinner's ready, basically. Uh, (laughs) Right. The other story uh, that has been uh, sort of gathering wind uh, since the kind of news emerged that... uh, that Emiliano Martinez is on his way uh, to Aston Villa and just to summarise what happened there of course he was left out of the squad that faced Fulham he was given permission to travel up to the Midlands to undergo a medical with Aston Villa and we we're awaiting announcement on that deal it's, it's been widely reported that it is a done deal that Emi Martinez is off that he is joining um, he is joining uh, Aston Villa and so that means that we need another goalkeeper and it's said that uh, Arsenal are close to a deal for the Icelandic goalkeeper Runar Alex Runason who currently plays for the French side Dijon. He started his career at Reykjavik before moving to Danish side Nordjylland in 2014. Uh, during that time, he worked under our current goalkeeping coach Inaki Kanya uh, and presumably that link is what has played a part in Arsenal's interest. Now, Everybody's sort of reporting that it is one to come, uh, one to keep an eye on in the coming days. Uh, again, just as I said, sort of with, with other players, and I have been saying throughout, I cannot sit here and tell you a great deal about this player because I don't know a great deal about this player. He is someone that wasn't even on my radar um, until the interest with our, uh, from Arsenal or the reported interest from Arsenal became a thing. Um, during the 2019-20 season made 14 appearances uh, conceded 17 goals Uh, sorry confused myself looking at the wrong thing right Runarsson made 14 appearances in all competitions conceded 26 goals kept just one clean sheet but you've got to take into consideration the team he was playing for um, in the French League Dijon not a particularly strong side But he is also 25 years old. And when I first heard about Runarsson, I thought, oh, we've identified a young goalkeeper who we are going to take a little bit of a gamble on. And maybe, um, you know, it's one for the future. But at 25 years old, I know goalkeepers have got a a longer career, I would say, than than the outfield players at the top level anyway. You know, this is someone who you got a question if he's 25 years old, why is he still at Dijon? Now, I agree there are some good players that don't get picked up and they do get missed and they do go under the radar. If reports are to be believed, it looks like it would be a deal for around about one and a half million euros, which would be very cheap and perhaps it would be worth taking a gamble on him. Maybe he'll be signed with a view to just plug in that hole whilst Arsenal look for an alternative for the longer term. Said it before, I'll say it again, again, not a, a huge fan of Matt Macy's. Um, haven't seen a great deal of him. But what I have seen of him, I haven't been overly impressed. Apart from the, the, the fact that the guy's a fucking giant. Um, there isn't really much else to him. And so for that reason, um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not keen on on sticking with Matt Macy as a second-choice goalkeeper. So I do think Arsenal need to bring one in. I'm just not sure that Runarsson's the man. Time will tell, I suppose. Um, right, let's uh, let's come over to some of your questions. As I said, um, let's see what we've got here. Uh, just uh, picking out some questions. Apologies. Um, let's see. Let's see what we've got here. Tayo says, uh, "What are your ideal centre backs this season?" <laughs> am I allowed to pick players that don't play for Arsenal <laughs> look you it, it, look, we need to see more of Gabriel although I was very impressed by what I saw um, I still think David Luiz has a big role to play I think probably a back three of and I'm going to get stick for this based on what we know so far a starting back three of David Luiz Gabriel and Mustafi for me when he's fit I still think Mustafi's better than Socrates, I think he's better than Holding I think he's probably the next um, in line. I still think Saliba's young, relatively inexperienced. I feel like he'll be sort of edged in slowly. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of my three. But I know I'm going to get stick for the Mustafi shout. That's assuming he's even at the club by the end of this transfer window. But, yeah, that is um, that is my uh, thoughts on that. Let's pick up some more of your questions. And I want to apologise in advance if I miss some of your questions because I know some people... They comment and they say, "Oh, you skip past my question." It's not on purpose. I promise you. I just look through the chat as quick as I can because obviously it's constantly updating, and I'm doing this live. And I pick out sort of I try and pick out different names. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, XR Nomad says, "Do you think loans for Nelson, Willock, and a Smith-Rowe is a good move for development, or simply to squad uh, to trim squad numbers?" I feel like someone like Reese Nelson is. It will be a little bit frustrating now because with William coming in, he's forced even further down the pecking order. And, and if he, you know, he's 20 years old, he needs football to develop. He needs football to fulfil his potential. And so moving away for someone like Reece Nelson, I think would probably be good. I feel like Willock is someone that Mikel Arteta trusts quite a bit in terms of calling him off of the bench. So I feel like Willock will probably stick around. Mill Smith-Rowe, another one, a player that I really, really like. But again, He's a bit of a... Well, for me, he's a number 10. And if we're going to continue to play with this system, is his development going to be blocked by that? Is he gonna? Is it going to be hindered by that? It's uh, tough to say, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, look, I think it's a bit of both. If we do move those players out, it will be to trim the squad down. And it'll also be for their own development as well, particularly if they are on loans. Uh, Najma says, What's the update on a Arsenal bid? I don't know of any concrete bid from Arsenal. I know that discussions have taken place. Everybody knows that. I don't know that a concrete bid has been made of of, of all cash. I know uh, an informal offer was made regard with sort of regards to sending Matteo Genduzi the other way. But that's all I know um, at the moment. But obviously, if we are able to move Torreira out, if we're able to move out a couple more, then uh, you know that stands us in in good stead in terms of being able to afford one of uh, Thomas Partey or Hussein Wa. Um, what else have we got here? Ozzy says, bro, I'm hearing the parte deal is off. Um, uh, I guess the parte deal in a funny way, because we've always spoken about, you know, throughout the summer about how much of a priority he is for Arsenal. I guess what I want to say is the deal was never on and the deal won't ever be on until Arsenal meet the minimum fee release clause. Atletico Madrid have made that abundantly clear throughout So that deal, in my view, as much as I say that Arsenal like him and Arsenal want him and Arsenal keen, that deal has never been on and it won't be on until Arsenal make the right offer. So, uh, yeah. Um, William Bell says, are there any parallels between the play styles of Patrick Vieira and Partey? I'm essentially wondering if he could be our 2020 Vieira. I don't think there'll ever be another Patrick Vieira. I think in terms of parallels yes they both like what Vieira used to like to get up and down the field Partey used to Partey does like to get up and down the field both can be effective in both sort of ends of the field so yeah there are some similarities. both questionable disciplinary records um which is another sort of similarity um but yeah that yeah I get where you're coming from on that I, I really do um let's see what else I love this actually Gamma says hashtag sound the cannons. I love that. Could that become a thing? Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, DWTT says what lineup would include Oba, Willian, Pepe and Saka? Seems like a potent offensive attack. Well, We'd have to switch formations. You'd have to put Aubameyang through the middle. William one side, Pepe on the other. Maybe Saka at 10. Or maybe Saka on the flank and Willian at 10. Guess that's the only way you could do it, really. Good thing is we've got um we've got the um the options now and that's always great. So we just gotta see how um how it all works out. Can they all be shoehorned shoehorned uh, uh, the can't even talk, shoehorned into the side. Well that remains to be seen. Right, let's check in on the likes. Over 500 of you are currently tuned into the stream. 152 likes. Guys, come on, smash the like button, please. If you haven't already, hit like in three, two, one. Boom, should see the likes counter uh, creep up. I'll have a look at that in a little bit. Um, Let's see, just gonna pick out a couple more questions. Um, I like this one, Gino. Evening, Harry. Hope you're good. Tell me, do you think Arteta likes Pepe? Will he go Willian over Pepe? This is a debate I was actually having with someone earlier on today. We were discussing this at length and we were talking about whether this, you know, the signing of Willian spells bad news for for Nicolas Pepe. And I guess my view on this is it's too early to tell. You know, in theory... Willian comes in William starts straight away William impresses William should stay in the side I think when you take into consideration how many games Arsenal are going to be playing uh, this season participating in the Europa in the Carabao Cup in the FA Cup and of course the Premier League there will be plenty of time for for both to get lots of lots of minutes but it could have just been a fit uh, an issue of fitness it could have just been that willian was sharper in training that willian was more ready for this fixture and that is why he was included ahead of nicolas pepe equally i don't think you should drop willian after that display but i wouldn't read into it too much i think we need options they both offer different things and i spoke about it on the on the review show after the fulham game where i said that I felt like with Willian, he's a bit of a hybrid between a number 10 and a winger. Gives you kind of both. Can drift in field a lot easier than. Look, Nicolas Pepe drifts in field, but when Nicolas Pepe drifts in field, that is to go directly on goal, isn't it? Whereas William can drift in and out of that sort of infield position just to receive a pass and give it and move it on and just to recycle possession because he has that about him. It also creates space for the full-back to get forward as well if he does that, if he does step inside. So I feel like they're just different players and there will be games where one suits better than the other. There will be games where one is fitter than the other and gets the nod. And I just feel like that was the case this weekend. I wouldn't really say um, definitively that that means Pepe's not going to get a look in this season. I think it's, as I said, too early to tell. Um, I expect to see both of them. Both of them get a fair amount of game time uh, between now and the end of the season. Uh, What else have we got here? Let's have a quick look. Uh, Lamin says, uh, Harry, I think we need more players, a more creative player like Hussein Mawar than Partey so we can outscore teams. Your biggest fan from Gambia. Thank you so much, mate. Big hello to everyone tuned in um, from all over the world. You know what, guys? I've been meaning to do this for a few streams. And I keep bloody forgetting to do it. So I'm gonna do it now. Let me know in the chat where you are watching us from. Countries, cities, whatever you want. Tell me the city and the country just in case I don't know. Um, but yeah, chuck those in the chat now. I'm really, really interested to see where you guys are joining us from. Um, thank you very much, Lamin, uh, for your kind words. I, I, I think a lot of people share that opinion. I think a lot of people feel as though a, uh, a Hussein Wahid would be a better option. Obviously he's younger as well. Um, and he's someone that people appear to be very, very excited about. So, yeah, um, I think it's a fair assessment. It's a fair opinion to have. I, I'm i just being safe when I say part a. And I'm being safe because, I've, as I keep saying, I've seen more of him. It's that simple for me. I find it hard to to pretend and, and bullshit people. And I'm not saying that anyone here is doing that. But I can't go onto a, a podcast without having done the sufficient preparation and then pretend i know something that i don't so i don't like doing that and that's why i can't put an argument together that says that Hussein Alwi would be would be a better option than Thomas Partey um daffy says uh, harry where do you see arsenal finishing this season i see us finishing fifth if i've got to be honest at this stage fourth is what i want obviously um, but at this moment in time, I'm yet to be convinced that we're ready to push on uh, into that top four. Uh, just now, right? Let's uh, let's have a look at some of your locations, and then we've got a couple of other bits to run through between now um, and the end of the stream. Um, right, let's have a look at your locations. As I said, um, Jimmy is watching us from Kampala in Uganda. Thank you so much, mate. Um, We've got uh, Abby Oden from Fishersville, USA. Uh, Yardman, Jamaica is from Jamaica. Uh, Renat from Pittsburgh in the USA. Martin Ross, Scotland. Uh, Sebi, Kerala, India. Uh, Lisa uh, Aluta from Namibia, Africa. Thank you very much, mate. Um, Nacho, Dominican Republic Santo Domingo I went to the Dominican Republic um, On my honeymoon And I went to the Dominican Republic When I proposed as well uh, To the missus We went to Oh oh my god The second time we went to Punta Cana But I'm trying to think What the name of the first place was Anyway I digress Uh, Gabriel from Santa Cruz in Bolivia Uh, Joe from Grimsby Tarek, Montego Bay, Delinga, Abu Dhabi, India, uh, Ottawa, Canada. Wow. Um, Incredible. Um, South Norwood, South London. I'm a South London boy originally. Croydon boy, Thornton Heath to be specific. Uh, Bristol, um, Nairobi, Kenya, Scotch Plains, New Jersey. I think that's meant to be... um, Tallinn, Estonia, Angola. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, Sweden, Lebanon, South London. It's amazing. Look, you know what's amazing? I could go on like this all day, so I'm not going to keep reading. Uh, Matt Ziliak's The Fires of Oregon. Hope you're staying safe, mate. Hope your family are safe as well. hope everyone there is staying safe um, and, uh, during a difficult time. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Sweden, um, Macedonia, Skopje, Chennai, India, South Africa, Dhaka, Bangladesh, um, Wahab, Sierra Leone, Lincoln, Botswana. Wow. Um, I think what's incredible for me to do this is to see how this channel is being received all over the world. It's incredible. I I cannot thank you guys enough um, for for joining us for constantly joining us as well for sharing your support so i'm going to ask you guys one more favor hit that like button if you haven't already thank you so much uh just having a look at some more of these unbelievable madagascar madrid um wow wow uh mohadam south africa there you go and ross says uh, smash the likes help harry reach every part of the world yes please do Thank you. Right. A couple of other bits to touch on. Um, if you haven't joined our Fantasy Football League, you'll find the details on our Twitter. I'll retweet it. I'll put it in the description as well afterwards. Uh, Fantasy Premier League. Obviously, that started this week. Um, and given the way that the table is currently looking, I thought it would be wise um, to, uh, to share it with you after game week one. Just having a look at how many players are actually in the league. We've got 119 players at the moment, um, which is incredible. Uh, fantastic. And I thought, as I said, I'd share the table with you guys and we'll give a few shout outs to some of you who are uh, up there at the top of the league. Right. Um, as you can see, oh, look who's top. Surprise, surprise. Real Simiu. Simiu. My team, of course, leading the way at the moment, got Timo Werner to play tonight and Connor Cody as well. So hopefully get some more points on the board. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, a decent, decent start to the fantasy football season from from me. Um, and it's been a decent start from Emilio, from Newman, Tunde, Andrew Chamby, Aaron Boudoir, Peter Morgan, um, Abinav, Adam, Yodi. Um, oh, wait giving you a lot shout outs when you're bloody 51st and 55th what am i doing i didn't reset the page back to the beginning shocking shocking stuff <laughs> let's go back to the beginning right so obviously i'm still top uh, but to tom to cameron jones michael Wright, gary hills rory campbell juma niall tim and nick patel you guys are all in the top 10 so far so well done um well done and uh yeah Let's hope for an entertaining season on this. I do like it. It's good fun. It is enjoyable um, to play. And it's great to play with you guys as well. For those of you asking how you can join, I will put the the, the code in the description. It is in one of my tweets, um, but I'll have to go back and find it. So I'll put it in the description after this live stream finishes. And one final thing that I wanted to raise you guys' attention to is uh, something that the Gooners uh, in the USA are doing um, Mike and the team over there are doing some excellent work on this, and it is worth bringing to you guys' attention. I'm sure lots of you will be interested in it. Um, and that is uh, Gunas versus Cancer, the fundraiser. Now, of course, um, these guys are working really, really hard in order to raise money um, to, um, to to battle against leukemia and the lymphoma. Um, Disease and, and of course, uh, you know, cancer in general, which is I'm sure at some point touched all of our lives, whether it's been us or a loved one. Um, we've all seen people suffer with it. So it is a great cause. And this is a fun way of raising money. I really love what these guys are doing. You get a raffle ticket, um, you ju- go into the raffle and there are a load of top prizes um, that you can get. So there are um, there are tours at the Arsenal um there are there is the perry groves experience there is uh a retro kit signed by lee dixon um there is uh a retro kit signed by alan smith um game tickets of your choice uh personalized kit shirt with a player of your choice the first team signed home shirt so there is loads and loads and loads and loads of brilliant stuff up for grabs and you'd be doing um you know these guys uh, You'd be helping these guys in, in what is an excellent course. So head over to goonersversuscancer.com Check it out. Uh, we'll leave the link to that in the description as well. And if you can help, then why not? Um, you, you may get a great prize as well. And um, you'll be doing something really, really good and uh, helping lots and lots of people out there, which is always nice. Um, right. That brings us to the end of another edition of the podcast. And um, we'll be back later on. Uh, From 8pm, I'll be broadcasting uh, Brighton versus Chelsea. We'll be doing a watch along for total football analysis alongside Lee Scott, uh, otherwise known as FM Analysis on Twitter, one of the game's leading football analysts. He'll be joining me. We'll be going through that game uh, with you guys. And they've been kind enough to let us broadcast that on this channel as well. So if you're bored of listening um, to the crap on TV, um, and they're not all crap, but some of them are boring, uh, fed up of, of some of them. Um, if you want an alternative soundtrack to your game come over join us for that hopefully Brighton uh, turn them over and we can laugh at Frank Lampard and his star-studded 11 uh, if that's what you want to call it nowadays but yeah come and join us at 8 don't forget as well tomorrow night live at 8.30 I'll be talking to Adrian Clark again over 30,000 of you tuned in to the last show we did with Adrian Clark which was the week before last Adrian's kindly agreed to come back on again And we're going to be looking back at the Fulham game, looking at some of the transfer news as we did last time. And this time, uh, well, as always, there's plenty to discuss with Adrian and we look forward to his excellent insight. So, uh, yeah, until then, uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, Rydog jokes uh supper's ready at harry's i'm not sure if it is but you know six o'clock here should be by now uh, so hopefully it is and i can take a little bit of a break before starting work again a little bit later on so until next time take care of yourselves stay safe check out gunas versus cancer check out manscape.com join the fantasy league if you haven't already and uh, have a good evening ciao